lying and pretending that the only victims of racism is Jews. When Jews brought their asses here and blend right in, why black folks who've been here for 400 years couldn't even get a fucking break. And we still can't get a fucking break. So we know what the fuck racism is when we see it. We know what apartheid is when we see it. We know what segregation is when we see it. I wasn't just nervous, I was afraid. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hear people um, talk all the time about the, the, the how fearlessness is a, is a necessary quality, and, and I have never had that. <laughs> I've never had that in my life, um, and I certainly have never had that in my career. Um, I spent five days with Palfest when I was over there. And then I spent another five days with a group of Israeli Jews. Um, and I knew that whatever I was going to see, it, it like I, I had a, a sentiment. I couldn't express it like I just expressed it for you right now because obviously I hadn't been there. But I had a sentiment that what I was going to see was not going to be great. Um, and I know that, A, because of my upbringing, and I know that, B, because of my vocation as a journalist, it, it, you, you can't behold evil and then return and not speak on it and segregation is evil it just is no there's there's no way for me as an african-american to come back and stand before you to witness segregation and not say anything about it one of the hardest things um was to come back and then to read the rhetoric of certain african-american politicians who are defending this regime. And, and I just, I, 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 I couldn't understand it. You know, I wanted to know if they had been to Hebron. You know, I, I wanted to know if they had been to Masafayada, if they had been to Sushi, if they had been to Tubat. Had, had they seen? Had they really seen you know, what is actually happening here? I, I, I don't know how anybody who benefits, who stands on the shoulders of our ancestors' struggle against Jim Crow, against segregation, could see what is happening right now, could see the bombs being dropped, 9,000 people dead, an ungodly number of them children in service of Jim Crow and segregation, which we have exported, and be okay with that. I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. So yes, I have my fears. I do. I do. I'm, you know, I'm afraid right now, sitting here talking to you. But I have to measure my fear against the misery that I saw. I have to measure my fear against the promises that I made to the Palestinians who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts, to the Israeli Jews who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts, to the Holocaust survivors who welcomed me into their homes and gave me the facts. I have to measure it against my own ancestors, against Frederick Douglass, against Ida B. Wells, who certainly faced off against things that were much, much more perilous than going someplace, coming back and telling people what you saw. This is the minimum. It's scary, but, but it's also the minimum. And the fact that people are trying to suppress speech is not an excuse for you not to speak. It's always been this way for black writers and journalists. This is our tradition, you know? And so I, I feel, as I, as I do feel the fear, I also feel that I am in good company because I'm in the company of my ancestors. Well, Tanahasi, I want to ask you about the way in which this conflict is, in fact, being represented uh, in the media and, as, as you pointed out, politicians, Congress members, uh, but also the White House. 
On Monday, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre compared pro-Palestinian protesters to the white supremacists who took part in the deadly yeah, Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. She made the comment in response to a question from Fox News' Peter Ducey. The anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists. What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and, be, uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017. When we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile anti-Semitic uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then, and he's very clear now. Uh, and he's taken actions against this over the past two years, and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. That's pure bullshit propaganda. The president of these United States, Joe fucking Biden, Know what the fuck we're dealing with. We're dealing with racist white supremacists in America. And we're dealing with fucking fascists in Israel. Just because they say they got a star David stamped to their fucking heads doesn't mean they can't be fucking fascists. Explain Stephen Miller to me and Kushner, Trump's son-in-law. Explain Bibi. The man brought up blood rival for God's sakes. But see, what the senators trying to do is run cover for Israel's sins. So Tanahasi quotes, that's White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. Your response. You know, I, I don't I don't want to personalize this. I, I'm sure. Um She's a very, you know, nice person and, a, you know, a very, very kind person. But, um, you see, all of us stand on the shoulders of Martin Luther King. All of us stand on the shoulders of, of, of the nonviolent struggle. And on King's birthday, the White House, like it's done for years, stands up and, you know, it uh, praises Dr. King and it talks about Dr. King as our modern day prophet. Um... I don't know how these people do that and sleep at night. I, I don't know how you compare people who are trying to stop a war, who are very much in the tradition of nonviolence, who are trying to stop bombs being dropped, literally, on refugee camps to neo-Nazi protesters. Uh, it's, 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 it's disgraceful, to use our own words. It's disgraceful. It's reprehensible. Um, it is offensive, as far as I am concerned, to the shoulders on, on, who, on, on those whom we stand right now. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I would extend this further. I mean, I, I think um, hearing President Biden himself, and here I will personalize it, downplay uh, 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 the number of, of Palestinian deaths to say that he doesn't believe the Palestinians, I, I just, when his own State Department was citing those figures only months ago, 
You know, I, there is a, at, at, at some point, you know, there's that, that, that saying, when people show you who they are, you have to believe them. And so I've spent a lot of time trying to do the polit political calculus on this. And I think at a certain point, we have to just stop and say they, they believe it. They believe it. They believe bombs should be dropped on children. They just think it's okay. They think it's okay. Or at the very least, they think it's the price of doing business. Um, that's not an ethic I can align myself from. Because if I, as I've said several times in this interview, I come from a history where people once made the exact same calculus about us and took stances that we would now say are immoral. But see, the test isn't what you did in the past. The test is what you do in the moment right now. I'm a writer. I, I would be much more comfortable. I was working on you know, a book about this. Um, I would be much more comfortable sitting at home writing about this before I'm here talking to you guys right now. It is not my nature to talk about things that I have not written about yet. Um, but one has to balance one's responsibility against the suffering, against the death, against the body count. And, and to see what is coming out of this White House um, right now is just, is just it's morally reprehensible. I, I, again, I, I don't know how, how people sleep at night. You've been talking about Dr. King, um, his daughter, uh, Dr. Bernice King, who heads the King Center lawyer, um, uh, Martin Luther King's youngest daughter, responded to a post by the comedian Amy Schumer, who shared a video of Dr. Mm -hmm. King condemning anti-Semitism and defending Israel's right to exist. Bernice King mm -hmm. wrote, quote, certainly my father was against anti-Semitism. He also believed militarism, along with racism and poverty, to be among the interconnected triple evils. I am certain he would call for Israel's bombing of Palestinians to cease, Dr. Bernice King said. And so if you could comment on this and also talk about um, how the issue of Palestinians, the occupied territories, the occupation, um, has been raised in the black community, the movement for black lives, for years now. And the pressure you come under when you do. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I think it's very, very important to talk about the force of anti-Semitism in history, indeed in American history, uh, in, in fact. Um, it's, it's a very, very, very real thing, and I don't think you can understand the events of the moment without understanding, you know, that. And, and, and I think over the past uh, few, few weeks especially, much has been made about the, the uh, historic alliance between uh, black folks and, and, and Jewish activists and Jewish folks and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and it, it's a very, very real thing. It's a very, very important thing. But I think like any alliance, it is, it is, it is at its best when it grounds itself in moral principle. Um, not in a kind of gang truce, not in a kind of, I had your back, so you'll have mine. Um, a moral alliance that is transactional is actually, in fact, not a moral alliance. And we have always been at our best. When, you know, when I think about um, uh, the Jewish civil rights workers who went south and put their bodies on the line for the civil rights movement, um, I like to think, and I think it's true, that that was not a transactional arrangement. That was not you know, an attempt to say, look, I'm, I'm doing this because I think you'll have my back in the future. They did it because it was right. They did it based on principle. And so, you know, I think some of the frustration um, that certain, certain people feel about the lack of anti, uh, about the lack of uh, uh, African-American support uh, for this war comes from this notion that, that, that we should have people back 
as they drop bombs to try to defend a segregationist apartheid regime. We shouldn't do that. And we haven't done that. The United States allowed Israel to kill babies that had nothing to do with October 7th. Americans, politicians didn't give a goddamn about the rise of white nationalism and fascism in America. But now the biggest threat to American security, not white supremacy, but brown people. Check this nonsense out. One of my favorite things about our, our, our beloved media is how much time they will spend on a random swastika drawn on a dorm room wall in one of our universities and how little they seem to care about the mass murder of Jews around the world. God, they always got to be the victim. What are we dealing with? White supremacy. You know, we try to act like it's democracy, but not. That's an illusion. It's nothing more than white supremacy. See, back in the past, man, if you start studying it, white folks don't want to share this country. And they don't give a fuck about us. So why the fuck are we fooling ourselves? No, um, you look at America spreading democracy around the world. Take a good look at it. Israel is democracy. See what's going on over there, right? See, America has a rise of white supremacy in America's, on American soils, but are we trying to fix that problem? We're making excuses. We blame the immigrants. Matter of fact, why are they immigrants? Why are they migrants? Did America have anything to do with it? Yes, it has. A lot. America went down there and did corporate interest. That means fuck everybody else and just make money off the fucking property and treat people like shit. Same thing with they're doing in Africa. And then they fool us and ask us to vote. And we fall for it. Democrat, Republican. But we're dealing with white supremacy. Colonialism. Just in its modern form. The way they lie to us on their corporate media. You don't get it, do you? Donald Trump is their president for four years, and they can see what the fuck happened to America. Just because a black man was president for eight years. Took him four to fuck it up. Now we see our House of Representatives is fucked up, right? We see they don't even have a speaker to make government start functioning. We notice that they don't give a fuck because they get the Supreme Court. Now we have a war breaking out in the Middle East. Palestinians got tired of being fucked over by the Israelis. But see, Netanyahu got the backing of the United States. White supremacy. Israel has a genocidal intent against the Palestinians in Gaza. That is evident from the way in which Israel's military attack is being conducted. Israel's special genocidal intent is rooted in the belief that in fact the enemy 
is not just the military wing of Hamas, or indeed Hamas generally, but is embedded in the fabric of Palestinian life in Gaza. We'll have more on the genocide hearing after headlines. An Israeli airstrike hit an ambulance in central Gaza Wednesday, killing two patients and four members of the Palestine Red Crescent Society. The A group said, quote, our colleagues were intentionally targeted while inside an ambulance clearly marked with the Red Crescent emblem, unquote. Another Israeli attack near the entrance to the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Hospital killed eight people and wounded over 30. On Wednesday, the head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, called on Israel to allow more aid into Gaza. Delivering humanitarian aid in Gaza continues to face nearly insurmountable challenges. Intense bombardment, restrictions on movement, fuel shortages, and interrupted communications make it impossible for WHO and our partners to reach those in need. We have the supplies, the teams, and the plans in place. What we don't have is access. So when Israel stood there in front of the Hague and presented their BS, all the Hague and European people have to do is just look at what Israel is really doing, not what the fuck is saying. Come on. Their goal is ethnic cleanse Gaza. To kill every Palestinian that is living. Egypt is too pussy to open the gates and say, come on and get the fuck out of there. Jordan is another pussy. But yet the Yemen and the Yetis, who is attacking the ships, who is doing something to get this track you know, this attract attention to Israel, racism, bigotry, and hate. What does the United States and their fucking racist-ass allies do? Well, we must worry about commerce. They're attacking shipping. Um, yes, I think. There was a major airstrike. Over 50 killed on a mosque. And the land was completely inundated with... Operating room could, would no, could no longer function. 
Palestinian surgeon Hassan Abusita speaking through his surgical mask in Gaza. Um, we've been trying to reach people there, but it's the second straight day of a telecommunications blackout. This is only the latest one. To talk more about Israel's bombardment of Gaza, we're joined now by independent journalist Sharif Abdelkadus, produced the award-winning documentary The Killing of Shreen Abu Akhla for Al Jazeera's documentary series Fault Lines and has reported from Gaza for Democracy Now! and other um, uh, outlets. Sharif, it's so important to uh, talk about what's happening there, even as this telecommunications blackout is happening. Also, the leaflets that are being dropped on Khan Yunus, which is where so many thousands of Palestinians have been instructed to go to head south from northern uh, Gaza south. Now leaflets are being dropped there, uh, saying they must move further south. Can you respond to this overall situation? Well, I mean, you have a situation where uh, the northern part of Gaza, north of Wadi Gaza, and, and Gaza City itself, uh, which was home to nearly one million people, uh, is now a hollow shell. Um, most neighborhoods in Gaza City and in northern Gaza in general have been very badly damaged or destroyed. Uh, you have these armored columns of Israeli forces uh, going in and tearing up the roads. Uh, electricity, water, um, sewage infrastructure basically no longer exist. Um, and, you know, there are reports that the, 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 there's the smell of death is everywhere as, as an untold number of bodies are lying under the rubble. Um, the UN estimates that about 2,700 people, including 1,500 children, uh, are missing and believed to be buried under the ruins. And there's reports of the people that have remained in the north digging with their bare hands, uh, trying to find their family members. And the streets have been turned into graveyards. Um, so only a fraction of the people who lived in northern Gaza remain there, and most have been forcibly uh, displaced to the south in scenes that are reminiscent of the Nakba, 1.5 million people have been displaced um, in Gaza. That's nearly double the number that were ethnically cleansed in 1948 and were never allowed to return to their homes. And many of these people are people who were displaced in, uh, or their descendants from 1948. You have to remember that 80% of Palestinians in Gaza are not from Gaza. Uh, they're refugees. Um, so most of the Palestinians in northern Gaza are now packed into the south. Uh, there's no indication if or ever they'll be able to return to the north. Um, the Israeli military effectively controls m most of the, the northern area. And Gaza, northern Gaza is basically uninhabitable now. You know, it's been destroyed. Um, and there's hardly any aid coming in. Uh, you know, Gaza is now receiving only about 10% of its needed food supplies. Uh, dehydration, malnutrition are growing. Nearly all of the people uh, in Gaza, the 2.3 million people, uh, are uh, in need of food, according to the UN. Uh, and as you mentioned, the communication systems uh, are down now for a second day. And this is a more serious telecommunications blackout because it's the result of no fuel uh, to power uh, the internet and phone networks. So maybe a more permanent 
uh, communications blackout, and this communications blackout is actually causing disruptions to the little amount of cross-border aid deliveries that were coming in. Um, and as you mentioned, the Israeli forces now have dropped these leaflets uh, just the other day telling Palestinians in areas east of Khan uh, Yunus, which is a, you know, a bigger city in the south of Gaza, to evacuate. I'm going to leave it there. That's what's going on over there in Israel. And Gaza. Israelis is ethnic cleansing the goddamn place, like I said. Now, it's not the first time America supported terrorism. Because that's what it is. Those journalists there don't get on MSNBC, CNN, and MSNBC. They won't allow them on there. Because, see, those journalists, like this man here, once we survived the bombings and the snipers, they're going to try to tell you the truth. Where's Hamas? I didn't hear this guy talking about there was a lot of street fighting. I didn't hear house-to-house um, uh, um, -house fightings. He didn't say nothing about that. So where the fuck is Hamas? Where is Hamas? I want to know why ain't Hamas up there defending its people. You know, you start putting some Israelis' troops in body bags. Where is Hamas? They're not around. The reason they're not around, because it was planned. It was planned to do exactly what they're doing. That's why all the propaganda exists. And this is how I know it was planned. Now, that was an independent journalist. You want to know what we listen to when we turn the news on? The news coming from Israel is this. Eight years old. Mana Hisam Mahmoud Abu Ayaga, 14 years old. Mahmoud Muhammad Fabi Ashair, 14 years old. Amjad Khalid Kamal Rasul, 3 years old. Salma. Democracy Now! is funded by viewers like you. Please give today at democracynow.org slash give. We don't see that on corporate media. We don't hear nothing about it on corporate media. They don't want us to know. This news is funded by viewers like you. Please support our work at democracynow.org slash give. We turn now to Vermont where family members of three Palestinian college students shot in Burlington Saturday night are arriving to care for their sons, who they say were targeted simply for being Palestinian. In a minute, we'll speak with the mother of Hashem Aratani. He was shot in the spine when he took a walk with his friends, Kenan Abdul Hamid and Tassan Ali Ahmed, after they visited.
that you have Republicans on the other side of the aisle trying to create definitions and say Rashida wants to annihilate people when Max Miller himself went on TV and said we're turning Gaza into a parking lot and we want to annihilate Palestinians. Nobody condemned him on that side of the aisle. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands but we'll continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong yeah, the and time the expired. movement will continue for liberation until every single Palestinian has the right Je to live from Maryland in It is glaring hypocrisy. Israelis really pushing that. October 7th propaganda video that they made as they was kidnapping their own citizens and killing some of them and played it in the House of Representatives in the Senate so Chuck Schumer can really get disgusted. It's amazing how that bastard can get disgusted for Jews dying but dropping bombs on women in hospitals and babies in incubators can't get a response from that motherfucker for nothing. Now Europeans good at ignoring the truth. They ignore the truth about Israel. They're always given an excuse. Israel has the right to defend itself. Palestinians should just stop bombing the shit out of Israel. They never mentioned that the settlers over there is beating the shit out of Palestinians. So if you're getting your ass kicked, aren't you going to get pissed off and want to fight back, stand up for your rights, stand up for your family homes, stand up for something? If a Palestinian walk into a Jewish synagogue and kill everybody, don't you think those Jews are going to stand up and want fucking revenge? The same goes for the Palestinians. But see, Martin Luther King was smart because Anglo-Saxons love violence. They love it. So nonviolence. If the Palestinians practice nonviolence and let the Jews just embarrass themselves with all that racism, especially those settlers from Brooklyn, just let them in, you know, and, and, and just let them embarrass themselves. Uh, what I mean by that is show their, how violent they can be because they, they swear that God promised them that desert. Earlier in the show, you heard the lady say, you can dig all over Israel. You find Jewish settlers like, I mean, uh, on, on homes that used to be here. But she forgot one thing. You're not the original Jews. Palestinians trying to tell us that they're not the problem. Colonization is the problem. Ethnic cleansing is the problem. Uh, my name is uh, Mazen Bedder. I'm a small business leader and, uh, and a father of two wonderful children and two sweet grandchildren in North Virginia. I was born and raised in Gaza where I spent my summers playing by the Sea of Gaza. 
with my friends. I'm also a descendant of refugees from Palestine, Palestinian village of Kartia, from where my mother and father were uh, displaced, expelled in 1948 Nakba. Every morning in my way to work, for as long as cell phone existed, I used to call my mother in Gaza to hear her voice. It comforted me. But since the beginning of the brutal Israeli bombardment and aggression, all I heard and felt over the phone was the fear in her voice and the sound of constant bombardment. Suddenly our lives were reversed as I was the one who was trying to comfort her. On the evening of December 23rd, Israel bombed my sister's house in central Gaza, killing 10 of my closest family members at once. My loving mother, Aziza, two of my sisters, one of them is blind. Their husbands, five of my nephews and, and nieces, including my niece Asma, who was getting ready to get married in November. My mother had survived more than a dozen wars becoming a refugee over and over within her Palestinian homeland. They had dreams and they lived. They, they had dreams and lives to live. They loved and they were loved in return. Until their final moment, they displayed the generous and resilient spirit of Gaza that Gaza embodies. They left their house to make room for another displayed family and chose to shelter together instead of at my sister's house. As fate would have it, their house survived and so did the newly displayed families. But, but my family did not. Seconds before she was killed, my sister sent her 28-year-old My sister sent her 20-year-old son, a survivor of six Israeli wars and assaults in Gaza, to deliver food to her hungry neighbors. That generous, selfish act is what ended up saving his life. My family was buried in bodies, in body bags, in a mass grave. We learned that second half, we learned that second half of my mother's body was found the next day. She had two burials. Jesus. Even in death, we are denied dignity. I'm often asked what people can do to ease our suffering. And my answer remains the same. Do what you're doing now. Speak up. I call on my fellow Americans to not, demand, to not just demand, but force an immediate and permanent ceasefire.
we demand that President Biden and the Congress to end military funding and weapon transfers to Israel that killed my family and all the other families. Thank you. My name is Adam, I'm a pharmacist, I'm an American and a Palestinian from Gaza. I never thought my family would live through an experience of a genocide until November 22nd when over a hundred family members has died actually by Israel. Israel took my life, my soul, by killing my 83 years old father, mother, and a brother. My father was the salt of earth. Israel killed a man who loved life, loved peace, loved people, loved nature, and most of all, he loved his grandkids. My five-year-old asked me one day, Baba Hor, all these 19 pictures you're looking at. And I have to hold down my tears. They were 19 family members, picture of 19 family members that were slaughtered by Israel. Thank you, thank you. My cousin Yasser was not just a cousin, he was more than a brother to me. And he was killed by Israeli bombing along the side of his wife, six kids, and two grandchildren. The tale of each family member who was murdered is a testimony of ongoing genocide of my Palestinian people. My Palestinian people whom I love, they were all killed in one day. The most troubling aspect of Israel mass killing of my Palestinian family is when they bombed the, fair the first house and my family member and friends came to assist in actually digging out the, the people who were killed and the remains of those who still under the rubble. Israel bombed them again and again until they killed over 104 of my family members. Dozens of my family member bodies are still under the rubble. Biden President Biden can easily put a stop to this genocide to the Palestinian people. He can easily pick up the phone and call Israel to stop this madness, stop the genocide of the Palestinian people. 
Members of the court, there is an urgent need for provisional measures to protect Palestinians in Gaza from the irreparable prejudice caused by Israel's violations of the Genocide Convention. The United Nations Secretary General and its chiefs describe the situation in Gaza variously as a crisis of humanity, a living hell, a bloodbath, a situation of utter deepening and unmatched horror where an entire population is besieged and under attack, denied access to the essentials for survival on a massive scale. As the United Nations Under Secretary General for Humanitarian Affairs stated last Friday, and I quote, Gaza has become a place of death and despair. Families are sleeping in the open as temperatures plummet. Areas where civilians were told to relocate for their safety have come under relentless attack, bombardment. Medical facilities are under relentless attack. The few hospitals that are partially functional are overwhelmed with trauma cases, critically short of all supplies and inundated by desperate people seeking safety. A public health disaster is unfolding. Infectious diseases are spreading in overcrowded shelters as sewers spill over. Some 180 women are giving birth daily amidst this chaos. People are facing the highest levels of food insecurity ever recorded. Famine is around the corner. For children in particular, the last 12 weeks have been traumatic. No food, no water, no school, nothing but the terrifying sounds of war, day in and day out. Gaza has simply become uninhabitable. Its people are witnessing daily threats to their very existence, while the world watches on." End quote. The court has heard of the horrific death toll and of the more than 7,000 Palestinian men, women and children reported missing, presumed dead or dying slow, excruciating deaths trapped under the rubble. Reports of field executions and torture and ill-treatment are mounting, as are images of decomposing bodies of Palestinian men, women and children left unburied where they were killed, some being picked upon by animals. It is becoming ever clearer that huge swathes of Gaza, entire towns, villages, refugee camps, are being wiped from the map. As you have heard, but it bears repeating, according to the World Food Programme, four out of five people in the world in famine or a catastrophic type of hunger are in Gaza right now. 
Indeed, experts warn that deaths from starvation and disease risk significantly outstripping deaths from bombings. The daily statistics stand as clear evidence of the urgency and of the irreparable prejudice. On the basis of the current figures, on average, 247 Palestinians are being killed and are at risk of being killed each day, many of them literally blown to pieces. They include 48 mothers each day, two every hour, and over 117 children each day, leading UNICEF to call Israel's actions a war on children. On current rates which show no sign of abating, each day, over three medics, two teachers, more than one United Nations employee, and more than one journalist will be killed, many while at work, or in what appear to be targeted attacks on their family homes, or where they are sheltering. The risk of famine will increase each day. Each day, an average of 629 people will be wounded, some multiple times over, as they move from place to place, desperately seeking sanctuary. Each day, over 10 Palestinian children will have one or both legs amputated, many without anaesthetic. Each day, on current rates, an average of 3,900 Palestinian homes will be damaged or destroyed. More mass graves will be dug. More cemeteries will be bulldozed and bombed and corpses violently exhumed, denying even the dead any dignity or peace. Each day, ambulances, hospitals, and medics will continue to be attacked and killed. The first responders who have spent three months without international assistance, trying to dig families out of the rubble with their bare hands, will continue to be targeted. On current figures, one will be killed almost every second day, sometimes in attacks launched against those attending the scene to rescue the wounded. Each day, yet more desperate people will be forced to relocate from where they are sheltering or will be bombed in places where they have been told to evacuate to. Entire multi-generational families will be obliterated. And yet more Palestinian children will become WCNSF. Wounded child, no surviving family. The terrible new acronym born out of Israel's genocidal assault on the Palestinian population in Gaza. There is an urgent need for provisional measures to prevent imminent irreparable prejudice to the rights in issue in this case. There could not be a clearer or more compelling case. In the words of the Commissioner General of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, there must be an end to the decimation of Gaza and of its people. Turning to the court's case law, as the court has recently reaffirmed, and I quote, the condition of urgency is met when acts susceptible of causing irreparable prejudice can occur at any moment before the court makes a final decision on the case, end quote. That is precisely the situation here. Any of those matters to which I have referred 
can and are occurring at any moment. The United Nations Security Council resolutions demanding, quote, the immediate, safe, unhindered delivery of humanitarian assistance at scale throughout Gaza and full, rapid, safe and unhindered humanitarian access, end quote, remain unimplemented. Why South Africa is holding Israel accountable for its genocide here in America, we have politicians saying shit like this. Now, a bit earlier on this morning, we did hear from Israeli government spokesperson Elon Levy. I do want to play his comments here, marking three months since that attack by Hamas and the start of the war. As for the hostages, an issue of intense pain and frustration for the Israeli public. While we continue to fight to put unrelenting military pressure on Hamas to release the remaining 136 hostages in its terror dungeons, we know that this strategy forced Hamas to agree to the last hostage release pause and let go of 110 hostages before it decided to resume hostilities on December 1st. Tragically, that was too late for the eight hostages murdered in the Hamas terror dungeons whose bodies have since been recovered the 23 hostages whose bodies Hamas is still holding for a ransom, and the three hostages erroneously shot by our forces in a tragic incident. We will bring to justice the Hamas rapist regime for the harm that has befallen the hostages, and we will continue placing unrelenting military pressure and exploring every avenue to rescue and secure the release of the rest. You know, it's funny. Israeli spokesperson is on white nationalist news shows pushing Nazi propaganda. Let me say that again. This is an Israeli spokesperson on Fox Now pushing Nazi propaganda. Listen to just listen to the language. We in trouble. This is this is what's happening in our country. We're, we're we're just looking at it. It's in our faces, and we're trying to say, "Oh, those not no. These motherfuckers are Nazis." And throughout all of this, critically, we have maintained the support of key allies to defeat Hamas, while helping foreign intelligence thwart Hamas terror attacks in their own countries. Our allies understand that we are all on the same side, especially as the Houthi pirate threat rears its ugly head. The yeah. Boy, the Russians getting their money's worth. My God, what happened? I mean, it seemed like we fell into the twilight zone. You know, everybody stand with Israel, support Israel. You know, I understand that Israel's stolen land, but... You know, they have the right to the land, right? Because they're part of the system. I didn't know that Israel was a fucking Nazi organization. I did not know that them Zionists that has taken over Israel with the help of the fucking Americans, Nazis, that they would have a white Jewish utopia Nazi paradise over there. They can kill anybody they want. The fucking place is a militant fucking nutcase place now. Even Jews who stand up for right now, you know, get the fuck out of here. It's 
reminds me of the Klan running Mississippi. It reminds me of the Klan running Alabama. It reminds me of white nationalism running this whole country with Jim Crow segregation. Ethnic cleansing, America killed every Native American that was born here, pushed them off the land. This reminds me of that. It reminds me how white Europeans can cover up their shit by rewriting history. Listening to this brother on Fox now, let me know we're dealing with Nazis. Allies that stood by our side on October 7 are still firm in their resolve that this war must end with the end of Hamas. The United States has stood four square behind us, providing us with critical moral, material and diplomatic support, which they continue to emphasize on a daily basis. And the leaders of the UK, Australia, Canada and New Zealand, to name just a few, have also made clear that Hamas must lay down its arms and there is no room for Hamas in a post-war Gaza. Those words are bullshit. Hamas, they created. Hamas is always at the losing end, right? Israel have carpet bombed Gaza, bodies have decayed, rotted, and what they're doing? They're pushing the graves into the ocean. Pushing the rubble, the dead Palestinians into the rubble. I mean, into the rubble with the buildings. They're already cleaning that place up. And Ben Bavir, whatever his name is over there, that Nazi, he said, hey, we're going to give the land to the Jews. That was their goal all the time. See, one thing I understand, I respect about the hardliners over there, they're not trying to hide who they are. It's not like the Republican Party here and, and the Democratic Party here in America pretending that they really like minorities. Well, the Democrats pretend. Uh, if you ain't kissing white ass over there on the far right, they're going to let you know they don't like you. You know, Trump and the clowns, you know what I'm saying? But that's white supremacy for you, man. And we're pretending, you know, we're pretending, we keep pretending, we keep pretending. This guy right here, I feel sorry for him. I'm not going to play no more because it's all bullshit propaganda. But what I'm saying is, fuck what Israel's saying. Look at what the fuck Israel's doing. And it's been doing it for 75 years from the river to the goddamn sea. Ethnic cleansing, Palestinians off the fucking land. Now, I'm going to let you listen to American politicians, how they stand with Israel. Oh, what a fucking headache. Okay, and hit it. Fighting in Gaza, not one. Hamas can oh, drop in You asked me a question, and you said it would be brief. I haven't. You're right, but I have seen lots of children with my own lying eyes being pulled from the rubble. Uh, because they're the pictures Hamas wants you to see. Exactly. And also the because they're dead. They're the pictures Hamas wants. There are also people no. your government has killed. You accept that, right? You've killed children, or do you deny? No, that? I do not. I do not. I do not. First of all, you don't know how those people died. Those children. First of all, we don't want to see a single child killed. Okay, here's a bit. We don't want to see a single child say. I agree with you. I agree with you. We shouldn't blindly believe anything Hamas says. But why should we believe what your government says either? Your military spokesman on Monday pointed to an Arabic document in the basement of a Gaza hospital and claimed it was a guardian list on which every terrorist writes his name. But that was false. 
was just a calendar with the days of the week on it. Your colleague in the Prime Minister's office, Ophir Gendelman, posted behind-the-scenes footage from a Lebanese short film and claimed it was Palestinians and Gaza faking their own injuries. That tweet is still up a week later. That is endless disinformation from your government, is it not? Have you seen one picture of a single dead Hamas terrorist in the fighting in Gaza? Not one. Hamas can well, control the information. You asked me a question and you said it would be brief. I haven't. You're right. But I have seen lots of children with my own lying eyes being pulled from the rubble. Uh, because they're the you pictures know. Hamas wants you to see. Exactly. And also because they're, they're dead. dead. They're the pictures also, Hamas wants you to see. There are also people you know, your government has uh, killed. You accept that, right? You've killed children? Or do you deny No, them? I do not. I do not. I do not. First of all, you don't know how those people died. Those children. Oh, wow. First of all, we don't want to see a we single child killed. Okay, here's a big question. I agree with you. I agree with you. We shouldn't blindly believe anything Hamas says. But why should we believe what your government says either? Your military spokesman on Monday pointed to an Arabic document in the basement of a Gaza hospital and claimed it was a guardian list on which every terrorist writes his name. But that was false. It was just a calendar with the days of the week on it. Your colleague in the Prime Minister's office, Ophir Gendelman, posted behind-the-scenes footage from a Lebanese short film and claimed it was Palestinians in Gaza faking their own injuries. That tweet is still up a week later. That is endless disinformation from your government, is it not? You know, I had to let you listen to that twice. He lost his job at MSNBC. That's how powerful Israeli lobbyists are in this country. A foreign country has more power than American citizens. You know, they're working with the far right. You see it. They're on Fox now. They got a professor fired from Harvard. She was only there for six months, but that's too much for crackers. They had to snap. You know, I, I like that guy. He's a damn good journalist. But see, when you don't want the message to get out about ethnic cleansing, you get rid of the mouthpieces that's going to push the truth, not the mouthpiece that's going to play along with the bouncing ball. See, the ones who are still on MSNBC, which I wouldn't watch ever again, are nothing more than mouthpieces for corporate interests. And their interest is in letting Israel ethnic cleanse Gaza. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to let you listen to a few more people who's senators and representatives, because you heard Lindsey Graham bomb everything up there. But what I'm saying, let's go down the line with the Democratic side as well as the Republican side. See, I'm not holding no fucking... Uh-uh. Uh, all stones going to get turned over today on my fucking show because I can't stand racism and lies. These fucking people, man. These Zionist, lying-ass motherfuckers just all over our network. And they so goddamn smart and so embedded in our country. They knew they was losing the information war after they scrubbed everything. What they started doing... It's focusing on commerce. Oh, America got to protect shipping. That's more important than human lives to them monsters. You know Amy Schumer, uncle, Senator Chuck Schumer? Guess what? I find out that he's a Zionist. Check this out. Tell you why. Let me tell you why. My view, why we don't have peace. Because the fact of the matter is that too many Palestinians and too many Arabs do not want any Jewish state in the Middle East. The view of Palestinians is simple. Well, the Europeans treated the Jews badly, culminating in the Holocaust, and they gave them our land as compensation. 
Of course, we say it's our land. The Torah says it, but they don't believe in the Torah. So that's the reason there is not peace. Now you see why um, arms sales is not going to stop. Now you see why Israel own our government. You know, Chuck Schumer's not too long ago, he stood on the Senate floor and said that um, Jews are being attacked. Um, you know what? I'm going to play a little bit of that before I close this show out because I want you to listen to this motherfucker play the Zionist game. And now to Capitol Hill, where Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the highest-ranking Jewish elected official in the United States, just gave a speech on the Senate floor condemning anti-Semitism in the wake of the Hamas massacre in Israel. The speech came just after he wrote an essay for the New York Times in which he says, the normalization and intensifying of anti-Semitism is what American Jews fear the most. And one day after Schumer and a bipartisan group of senators watched video from the October 7th massacre. NBC News Capitol Hill correspondent Ali Vitali is with us this morning. Ali, great seeing you. What more did the senator have to say? Look, a sober speech here, Jose, from the highest ranking Jewish official in Congress. And Schumer said that's why he wanted to be the one to speak about this, saying that to Jews like him, this moment is a five alarm fire. But contrasting it in his words, for so many other people of goodwill, he says that anti-Semitism and the rise of it in this country is merely a problem, a matter of concern. He steeped this speech in the history of the Jewish people of the ways in which they have shown up in an inclusive fashion. Schumer himself pointing to the way that he has worked against the rise of anti-Asian violence, the rise uh, against Muslims during the Trump years, that Schumer at each turn has worked for equality and protection for each of these minority groups at various points. And now he, as a Jew, is asking people to show up and do the same. Listen to a little bit more of what he said here on the Senate floor just in the last hour, Jose. Some of the most extreme rhetoric against Israel has emboldened anti-Semites who are attacking Jewish people simply because they are Jewish, independent of anything having to do with Israel. And those who are inclined to examine the world through the lens of oppressors versus the oppressed should take note that the many thousands of years of Jewish history are defined by oppression. Wow. Now he stood his ass on the Senate floor and said that. Now, coming from people who know what depression is, we know he's full of shit. You know, when you run interference for your Zionist friends, that's what you do. When you know that Zionists own half of the fucking House of Representatives, well, all the House of Representatives, except for a few, the squad, and the girl from Texas, but own everyone in the Senate. And you look back at the House of Representatives, you look at the next Speaker of the House, Hakeem Jeffrey, bought and paid for. 
this is on MSNBC. Should be ashamed of itself because when they did this, the Zionist owners or stockholders or investors didn't want the Muslim commentators to be on air. That's why I saw it earlier in the show that brother quit because he see the real face of America. You know, George Collins, a comedian, God rest his soul, said something on stage a long time ago. He said, the owners who owns this shit, they don't want you to wake up and realize that they're the problem. They want you to believe in the red, white, and blue bullshit. Whatever you see on television, you should believe. Meanwhile, they get richer, you get poor. They're going to figure a way to take your Social Security and Medicaid away. And they're going to make you vote against your own interests because they're going to put someone like a demigod in front of ignorant, poorly educated people. We're going to see people turn against each other. That's what white nationalism is good for. That's its purpose. Its goal is to conquer everything to take. But we'll slap a lot of people in the face and Jewish Americans who stand up for peace, not in their name, Senator Chuck Schumer. You know, early in the show I said I don't know him, but I'm beginning to know that he ain't shit. He's, you know, he knows how to play a political game. His rich friends sitting around at an expensive dinner and made him go up there and say, yo, man, um, we're taking a hidden. We're taking a beating. Benjamin Netanyahu, which he knows is a goddamn fascist. You know that new government that Ben created is made up of hard-line white supremacists, well, Jewish supremacists. And we pretend we don't see it because American interests are more important. How stupid are you American people thinking that our government actually works for us? It does not. How stupid are you Americans to think that the presidency really mean anything? It does not. You're just a figurehead to represent all the wealthy, powerful people, the clans behind the presidency. I call them clans because that's what they are. A bunch of wealthy people can pay for who they want in the government so their biddings could be done. No one else's. Now, America and Israel sent a serious message to the world because China want to get our balls hard and go for war. Now, I figured this thing out. America let Israel ethnic cleanse Gaza because America sending a message to Asia, China, Far Asia. That if you do what you think you're going to do, we will kill every last one of you. Now, Joe Biden plays dumb and sing now and said, well, you know, Hamas had it coming. And, you know, they beheaded babies and they'll find out that's all lies. And we see that Israel is in bed with Russia. And that take the pressure off of Russia. Putin, he's an oligarch. He knows exactly what he's doing. See, we're looking at this as through the lens of bullshit because... You listen to corporate media, you're, like a, you're not really into the game, man. The game is power. Okay, the United States, all they're concerned about is controlling the world commerce. That's where the power is at. 
the UTs in Yemen is hired by the Russians and the Jewish Nazis to fuck with shipping. It's not about the Palestinians. You know, I I hate to say this, but the Palestinians need to get the fuck out of there. Just leave. Tear the gates down in Egypt, and Egypt can figure, figure it out later. Get the fuck out of there. You're already dying, so run over the guards, you know what I'm saying? Just push them motherfuckers out the way and lose a few more thousand people because you're already losing people. You're in a, you, you're in a kill zone. And Israel's shrinking that kill zone until not one Palestinian is going to be alive. I, you know, early in the show, you listen to people actually talk about their loved ones. These are the American people that vote, man. They're losing their loved ones. And Joe Biden act like they don't exist. How racist is America, man? It's racist. Look at Nikki Haley. That bitch so goddamn brainwashed that she forgot her heritage, man. She ignored that she's a fucking Indian. She ignored that she's a minority. Look at Tim Scott, a gay homosexual black man, can't accept shit about oh man, the subject of coming. Come on, man. And and that's on the far right. Look at Clarence Thomas. Look at Candace Owens. Well, Candace Owens is a good little nigger. She gonna take Rupi Goldberg place on the View. I mean, the game of white supremacy been playing, man, like a record over and over. And you know, everybody got to get in the groove and try to fucking figure this shit out. And every time we bring up MLK Day, which, what the fuck are we celebrating Martin Luther King for? Seriously. Because if Martin was alive today, he said, what the fuck have I accomplished? Just like Frederick Douglass said, what the fuck is wrong with us? Why are we celebrating their independence when we're still in bondage? How brainwashed are we to believe that we live in a democracy? How brainwashed are we to listen to people like Chuck Schumer thinking that he really give a fuck about black Americans, brown Americans? When he said in one of his speeches early in my show, he's more connected to Israel than America. And you know, this colonization of white supremacy is not going to stop. Because they always have to find a new enemy. Now, since they damn near destroyed Hamas, they got to come up with some new enemies. They got about six, seven in the lineup, you know. And America going to play ball because we don't control our country. One side just want to go full out white supremacy like their ancestors did. And the other side pretending that they don't really want to go that far. But we're going to support Israel and his apartheid. Why Joe Biden campaigns for brown and black people votes who put him in the White House in the first place. How racist is this country? It's as racist as Israel. It's just as racist as Israel, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Poland, Ukraine, Russia, France, England. That's how racist America is. You know, wealthy white people never let go of their goddamn inheritance. White supremacy. Generals often retire to occupy senior positions in government and industry. The dominance of the military in Israeli society helps explain why war, militaristic nationalism, and violence are so deeply embedded in Zionist ideology. 
Israel is the outgrowth of a militarized settler colonial movement that seeks its legitimacy in biblical myth. It has always sought to solve nearly every conflict, the ethnic cleansing and massacres against Palestinians, known as the Nakba or catastrophe in the years between 1947 and an ethnically cleanse Palestinians is rooted in the Zionist paramilitaries that formed the Israeli state and continues within the IDF. The overriding goal of settler colonialism is the total conquest of Palestinian land.